Oh, Paulie, Paulie, your jokes aren't that funny. I don't know what the crowd's all laughing at. It's a stitch up. It's a stitch up. How good's this new podcast, mate? It's got all the all the gadgets in it that I had to play with. It's so fun, so much fun. I think that's dangerous. For you. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Hey, what's his other button do? I don't know. We won't, we won't, we won't try that one today. G'day, guys. How we doing? Leon here from Body Bowl Leon, and we have Paul from Paul's Body Engineering here today. Paulie, thanks for your time, buddy. Pleasure as always, mate. Awesome, man. Well, we're actually doing this take two, aren't we? We are. <laughs> well, at first I thought, you know, the, the last podcast didn't work, so I. As I do, I take responsibility for my actions and I actually took it down to get repaired and I thought I might have blown it up or I didn't do something right, but it was actually confirmed that it was a faulty machine. There you go. So I was quite happy about that. So anyway, they've, they've replaced it. We've got this new Butte one here, as you see, with the fancy colours. It it's looks, like, fancy, a big, looks right. like a big DJ, big DJ, whatever you call them, DJ platform, roller, record thing. Are you talking so no, I don't know. Who knows? No idea. <laughs> we need to talk about fitness, not DJing. Well, fitness, and that's what we're here to talk about today, guys. We want to we wanna talk about, let's say you're an up-and-coming trainer and you want to try to break into the industry. It is an industry that's that's super fl- super flooded, mm. and it's and it's very daunting for anyone that's just completed their their course, their PT training course, and, and naturally they're going it's, to, it's very an anxious feeling to get out in the working community and know, okay, geez, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and make a living out of this. And what's getting obviously the negative vibes start going through their mind, and they start thinking, "Wow, man, how am I? How, how am I going to make this work? What do I need to do? How, how do I move forward? How do I build my business? Am I? All these things are going to go through people's heads. So, what we can do based on both of our experience today, because you know we we we, we care nothing more than than educating our clients, and not not just getting the best out of our clients, but what we want to do is is make our athletes so great and educate them so well that we, that when they go on their merry way, they can then basically replicate what you and I do, Paulie. Kind of like yourself, you know, you you're under me for several years and you've gone on to be very successful and then go on to build your own studio, and things are things have been fantastic. So I'm, I might start with you, Paulie, and, and 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 let's just start it off by talking about. Let's say I've just walked straight out of my PT course. I've just finished today. Where do I go now? <laughs> Very good question, and, and I think that's the um, the issue or the the gap that is missing in the in the course itself is what's next. You know, you get this piece of paper and you go, okay, what do I do now? Um, where do I go? What, what what role can I play in the industry? You know, and, and personal trainers a very broad uh, job description because you know you can you can enter so many different industries with that qualification, but. The obvious, the obvious um, I guess, starting point is a commercial gym. And that's where we both started, mm. a big, big box gym, lots of members. Um, it's a good opportunity to be exposed to one, two, 3,000 people that walk in and out of that gym every single day. So just clarifying for our listeners, all we're saying commercial gym, you're talking the, you're talking the bigger gyms, you're talking, yep. you know, oh, look, just plucking names, you know, world gyms, et cetera, that might have the two, 3,000 members that, you know, whilst you go there and it's, it can be daunting in the way because there'll be many, many trainers there. Yep. But you're also open to you know the clientele of two three thousand people. Exactly, you know, and and, and obviously you're not going to um, generate two three thousand uh, clients immediately. But at the same time, it's just the exposure. Of Did, didn't I do that, Paulie? <laughs> <laughs> you might have. You might have. Jokes. <laughs> um, but it's the exposure. You know, you're 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 busy. You're hustling. You're cleaning uh, equipment. You're on the floor. You're, you're talking to people. You're helping people. You know. You're constantly um, in and around 
the gym environment. So people see you. They see you. So they, re- they might resonate with you and, and, and the activity that you're um, involved in. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fantastic point. And, I, and I, guess, I guess one thing, let's be realistic. When we're talking in, in commercial gyms and there's, there's competition, there's just oh, got to yeah. be competition. And it's just how business works. And, and you can take that negative or positive, but you've got to look at the positive aspect and the, the, that way and going, okay, well, I need to really be on top of my game here. I need to put the effort in to build my business. I need to be better than the next person. So it actually entails you to work harder and actually educate yourself more to be able to get them client the, the clients pulling. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and competition is a good thing. Like it, it, yeah. If you look at it the right way, it is a really good thing. And I actually remember very early on in my career um, at the gym I was at, and I think you left since then. They brought on a new new male trainer, mm. and I could have gone two ways. I could have gone, oh crap, you know this this guy's going to take all the good clients, and I'm not going to get anyone, or. I'm going to kick myself up the backside and actually look at other ways to generate interest in me. And that's exactly what I did. And I used the old lead box um, scenario where you put a little competition box and I put it specifically in the female. Uh, I thought it was the moustache you got going on there. It's a little different. <laughs> that's just me being lazy at the moment. Just trying right? to stand out and see my moustache, everyone. That's why we did podcasts, not video. <laughs> um, but yeah, I put a lead box in, uh, in the, the female bathroom, the female change rooms. Um, it was a competition and all the people had to do was enter. And it generated so many leads for me. It was unbelievable. And, and I still some of those clients are still with me today. And that's thinking outside the square, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're we thinking, and I think, I think trainers too, I think working for yourself, you know, you can, you can follow the herd, mate, or you can go out and take initiative and, and take responsibility and actually work out, well, okay, what am I going to do? How can I be better? How can I be different? Yep. What is my niche? What am I good at? And, and I think the best thing is also is, you know, people are like, where do you start? Sometimes you've just got to get business as well. Yeah. But sometimes you, you, you got to, you stick to your strengths. Mm. So I guess, I, I guess when I first started, I'd had a history of already doing 12 years of bodybuilding. So I, I had the intentions of, one, just building the business. So you're going to, when you're starting, you're just going to take on clientele. But after a six, 12 month period, if things are going really well, you can start analyzing it and start, you know, start niching towards something that you prefer to do. Which, so for me, you know, after three months, I, I, was, I was super busy. And, and, and I just had gone down that bodybuilding road straight away. Yep. And that was my niche. And I sort of never looked back. But I also, just based on what you were saying before, you mentioned a great point about hanging out at the gym and cleaning, cleaning the equipment there and, and showing your face because, you know what, you can't be a... You, you can't be a secret. You can't, you, can't be, you can't have your name up on the board and people look at the board and go, well, I, don't, I never see this guy around. Yeah. He's, ne- he's never here. So it's the hours behind the scenes in business, I believe, which builds and grows a business. Yeah. So if, you're, if you think that you know, you got, you've only got three clients on a certain day and they're, they're three one-hour sessions and you're only there for three hours and you take off, well, in that three hours, you can't actually engage with anyone. No. You're not, you can't drum up a conversation. So you're not going to actually, people, you might be a fantastic guy, but no one are going to know that. So you do need to be there in the peak times. You need to be there in the morning. You need to finish your clients and all of a sudden, you know, it wouldn't hurt to hang around and have a chat and clean some equipment and go and chat to people at reception, hang around at the reception, just greet people when they walk in. Absolutely. It'd be, and I've seen trainers that aren't, overly fantastic but they've got amazing personalities and you know what and they're busier than the person that's got the degree yeah you know what i mean yeah. and, and they might they might be fantastic at what they do but their personality just may drop short and we're and we're in an industry where it's it's all about engagement personality mm. you know what i mean and and people will come to you if you're if you if you give that energy out of the universe if you give it out yep. people, people will come oh they will but if you don't put it out they're not going to come knocking are they Paulie? no if you walk around with your head down shoulders down poor posture you know just the the, the negative vibe you know because i had you know i'm doing it tough or, or whatever the case may be well people aren't going to approach you because they don't want to 
Mm. You know, if you if you're if you're loud, you're boisterous, you're you're personable. If you're excited, if you're enthusiastic, people are going to um are going to approach you because they feel comfortable because the energy is drawn to them. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I remember after your first year, I remember we had we had a conversation. I remember you were at the point of going, mate. I, you know, because 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 I did give you advice, the hard advice from the get go. That mm. do, do do you hang on to your existing job and do the PT business on the side? Or do you throw the towel in in your job and just go out like a bull out of a gate, mate? And and I, with my advice was to go the bull out of a well, gate. And and it's it is a it's ballsy advice to do, but sometimes look, if you don't do that, your business will only you'll only have half heartedness in your business. You can't hang around to do them extra hours that you're actually going to probably get your clientele from. You have to put all your eggs into one basket, I believe, yeah. to build a business. You agree there, Paulie? Oh, 100 percent. Like you know, it's it's very daunting because you go from potentially a, a full time. Um, full-time employment where you're um, employed by someone else. So you've got a, a steady wage where you go into the world of personal training where you, nine times out of 10, you're working for yourself. Mm. Now, when you're working for yourself, you don't have a steady wage. You're relying on on business. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's very daunting. It's very scary. But at the same time, if you're um, trying to juggle two jobs at once, you know, you're trying to build a business over here, but you're still trying to maintain a job over here, the, the best you can do is 50-50 in terms of your concentration and your focus. Whereas, like you said, if you go bull at the gate and throw 100% at the new business and new venture, well, it's going to return you 100%, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's like the old priority chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can write down five priorities. And, and, what, and what we're kind of saying here is, in your case, business had to go priority number one. Yes. So in that, that, if we want to do that, we actually... And look, family's a given, okay? But look, we're talking about building the business here. It had to become priority number one to actually feed your family for starters. Of course. So in, in hindsight, that was your main priority there, which meant if you still had your day job, well, now, now there's not really a priority number one. They're, they're kind of an equal pass. So now you've got to spread the love. And, and it just doesn't work. And I remember us having a conversation, and you would have had it with Monty as well, at, after the 12-month period where you were saying, man, I, I don't know, you know, I just don't know if I could do this. And I'm just saying, mate, just, you're at that 12-month hurdle. Yeah. This is your testing point. This is your first test in business now, and this is the make or break. Yep. you just got to push through this little barrier, open the gate, and guess what? The other side, the gold's on the other side. Yep. But this is the part that most people in business, they get to the point where they're at boiling point, yeah. and they start going, man, I, I just can't do this anymore. And if they only knew that they're, they're, they're literally one metre from the top of that hill <laughs> and they can see the other side, however, they drop just short and all of a sudden they just missed out on an amazing career opportunity because they just stopped short when the going got tough. It's when, when you're going through them tough periods in business, that's the times where you've just got to hang in there, keep your head and keep going. And and it could be the point of speaking to people, keep it, keeping a mentor, mm. ask for advice. And, you, and if you ask the right person for the right advice, you're probably going to get what we're saying now. And oh, we'd yeah. say the same thing is, well, we just don't quit. No, that's exactly right. And you're right. No, those conversations were had because I was questioning what I was doing, you know, because, you, you know, you're not making much money, if any at all. You're having quiet weeks, poor weeks. There's a lot of inconsistency. So, of course, you're going to ask those questions. But, you know, I'm so glad that we had those conversations. I'm so glad that I stuck to it. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a good take-home message for any um, up-and-coming trainer or someone who is about to enter that industry is it could take time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to have overnight success or very rare, rarely do you do have overnight success. Um, you know, it could take 12 months, 18 months. It could take two years just depending on the environment you're in. Look, that's right. And, and, and the statistics, I think it, if, if, I'm, if I'm correct, my maths is not overly fantastic, but I'm going on the top of my head here. I'm pretty sure it's 1% of businesses over the first five years actually succeed. Yeah. That's, 
that's astounding, really, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of quitting going on there, and I understand people got to, you know, we all got we got a family to feed and we have got bills to pay, and but sometimes in business, you know, you, you, you sometimes you just got to push that little bit harder and be and be prepared. The, the biggest thing that I did, I reckon, which got me over the line was, I kind of knew I kind of knew years in advance what I wanted to do. Mm. That the time just wasn't right. So what I actually do, I actually started putting a bit of money away mm. aside. So what I thought to myself was, you know what? So when I actually do quit my job and I'm going to make that, that big step, yep. I do have a couple of bucks in the bank there. So I didn't actually have no money, quit my job, and then, then have the pressure of trying to run a business. So so that, there I think that is probably the best advice I can give anyone. Oh, if, if, totally. you're, if you're going into a 12-week you know, training course or three months or six months, whatever, whatever your course is that mm. you're doing – you got to you got to start making a sacrifice. You've got to actually go. You know what? I need some money in the bank. You, you you can't just do what we said before and all of a sudden go. You know what? I'm going to throw my day job in, and and then I'm just going to take on this role and put all my eggs into one basket. But you do have to have a strategic plan. You've got to get to the point where you know what? Okay, I've got could be five thousand dollars in the back pocket. Whatever it is, yeah. it's money that you can live on. If things get tough, there's always money there. You're just going to have to, you know, rein back all the maybe the dinners and the, the fancy meals that you would yeah. love to have. Sometimes running a business, complete sacrifice. So as you say, you've, you've got your own studio. I've got my own studio. Yep. When you when you moved in there, you got your equipment, but there was a lot of other sacrifices. You, you weren't going out to dinner. No. There, there, there were times when, you know, we were saving even go to India and you're like, no, nah, you can't even come for a beer because, uh, you know, there's priorities. In business, sometimes you have to sacrifice things. And if you don't, businesses will struggle because you're, you're overspending your means. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, look, you've got to be smart. You know, you're, you're, you're now running a business for you. It's not like you're getting that same wage every single week from an, an employer, you know, and the, and the security that surrounds that. Like, I couldn't tell you the last time I had two weeks where the dollar value that I earned was the same. Yeah. It, six years and it hasn't... It, it's every week's different. Every week's different. So Definitely, especially coming into, let's say, Christmas. You know, you yeah. sort of hit that... You hit that comp season's over. You sort of get into December, and a lot of people may just sort of drop off. Motivations down. They've got Christmas parties, etc. Funds can get tough because obviously there's ex- more expenditures through Christmas. Yep. January. Look, some people come firing back, but you know, there's all of a sudden some people can have that little break and then then lose momentum and it's momentum is key. Holiday mode, yeah. Yeah, and once you lose that momentum, so it's always you know, in business, you've got to be pretty smart, whereas you've got to understand that there is semi-quiet times in our game. Look, there's some people out there in, in business that are just flat stick all year round, and that's fantastic, but we're talking to the ones that, you know, are, are doing well, but them quiet times kind of don't eat them a little bit. Yeah. So they're, they're, it hurts them a little bit. So you've got to be at the point where I need to be organised. And I think it's just business etiquette 101 is just have, having a strategic plan all the time. Just being super organised and not just working, working, working. Then you're you're stuck working in the business yep. and you can't quite see what goes on behind you. Then all of a sudden you get these little roadblocks yep. and you don't really know how to overcome. So the best plan is always having a strategic plan and structuring your day perfectly. So there is time to actually work on the business so you can overcome these little hurdles. Do your marketing, be out there, you know, spend more time working on how can I get more clientele coming in because you always, I always say too poorly, whereas whatever you do today the result will come back in 18 months mm. so that that and that's what we're before what you're speaking about that the patient game and oh, six yeah. months three months 12 months business takes time to grow but to it's one thing to grow a business poorly but the next thing's to, the hardest thing i believe is to maintain it yeah, exactly. one anyone anyone can come you know come on the scene and might have a great physique and and, and they're very attracted say by the females and this is a common scenario i see all the time yep. 
Their education may not be overly great, but all of a sudden they jump on the gym floor, they've got their shirt on, they look amazing, they've got a great physique, but all of a sudden they get busy and then they realise, well, they're not overly great trainers and all of a sudden clients start dropping off. Yep. And they've got that was their go-to plan was their physique and their good looks. You know what I mean? That's the, sometimes that's a stereotype in the, in the PT game and you've got, got to understand that there's more to that. You know what I mean? And, and the way you treat people. Yeah. I believe the number one thing is what's going to determine how long you keep clients for. Oh, so much so. Yeah, you're right. You've, you've got to keep hustling. You have to keep hustling. Even when you are you feel comfortable, you've got to keep hustling. Like if you if you have a really busy week, don't stop hustling. You know, keep it up, keep it up. Um, and I think in regards to, um, you know, the, the, the example you just gave, yeah, the rapport, relationship, connection with people is so important because if you can develop that and look – you might only get one opportunity. You might have a very small window where you meet someone for the first time and you've got, you know, maybe a half-hour session to build that rapport with them. So within that space of time, you've got to do the best you can and sell yourself without coming across as arrogant. Yeah, I think I think what you said then, Paulie, is just something resonated with myself. And, and it's one thing I teach all your, you guys and that as well is – is it's, it's one thing to be experienced and it's one thing to understand your trade. But I believe that, you know, as trainers, you need to understand some sort of basic psychology mm. of human beings. I'm not saying you have to have any degree or any diploma in psychology or counselling, but what you need to understand is that people that are coming to you, you may be their last line. You yeah. may be their last hope and their last faith to give them something. So if you're a trainer that, you know, you think you're, you're just out of your time and you think being a trainer is all about you know, counting reps and, and standing there and just putting some programs and, and some nutrition plans together, I think you better think again. Yeah. Because the psychology in our game now is is massive. It's huge. And what you just said there, you nailed it. You hit, you hit the nail on the head. Whereas you need to identify when your client, a new client, anyone comes through the door and, and looking at their, analysing their posture, analysing their body language, yeah. analysing the words that come out of their mouth. They may be in a real dark moment at mm. that specific time when you've encountered with them. So for me, it's essential that, that as a trainer, you are so switched on that you identify that. Because if you don't identify that, I believe you've got 10 minutes. I believe you've got 10 minutes to try to work that client and, and, and they'll decide from that 10 minutes whether they're going to come back to you again. 100%. And if you don't, and if you don't start understanding the psychology, you're not going to keep clients for the long term. Because I think personally... And again, hence my studio here, Body Well Leon, is why I only have it open like you do as well. I don't open it to the public. I keep it strictly closed because of the amount of psychology work that goes in here. And since that's been happening now for the last nearly four years, I've seen results go tenfold another level just mm. because anyone can train and anyone can hit their diet and anyone can hit their macros. But not everyone can work on the psychology. And let's be realistic, that's almost 70% of what we're talking about regarding contest prep. Someone wants to lose weight. If You, you might have a client that's you know, not, not getting the job done. They're not, they're not losing weight. And all of a sudden, you, the, the, the trainer starts, you know, what are you doing wrong? Are you doing this? And, then, and the, the trainer might be adamant that they're doing everything right. And the trainer may not believe them. Yeah. But that individual might have, there could be hormone issues, there could be psychological issues, they could be going All through some sort of mental, stress, mental illness, oh. stress, suicidal. Yeah. Look, it goes on, they might have just had a big fight with a partner. So unless you ask questions and be detective yeah. and be very observant as a trainer, you're never going to get the best out of clients. That's true. And it's, it's personal training. You know, The mm. word personal is there for a reason because you need to have that, that understanding, that empathy, um, you know, you need to have that that connection with the individual, and you're right. You need to play detective. You need to figure out, firstly, why they're there, why they've come to you, what what obviously you know the obvious the obvious questions are. You know, what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? What's 
you know, those sorts of things. But you need to break down those walls as well and, and find out. And, and that's the beauty of, of our situation, I guess, is that we're in a, a private, secure, exclusive studio where you, you don't have 20 people running around training around you. Mm. You know, you can have those intimate conversations where you can develop that relationship but also break down those barriers because you're right, you know, they're, they're, they might be a weight loss client wanting to lose 10 kilos, but they have, the, the scales haven't budged in six months because they're stressed and they're not sleeping well and they're, they're emotionally eating and, you know, all of these things are going on in the background. But when you find that out, then you can break it down and, and, and hopefully help them. All right, so let's ask the difficult question now is let's say you're a trainer and, and, and what we've just said now and a trainer's listening and they're going, well, geez, yes, I've, oh, God, I have many clients like that. What do I do? Mm. Which is the big, which I, I'm big on not just giving information, but I, there always has to be for me giving information. Now, there has to be a conclusion. So let's go, if I was a starter and you're a client in that position there, the first thing you want to be doing is you want to identify where this individual is at. They may not want to talk. They may not want to open up. And the fact that you, let's say someone's in a commercial gym, not everyone has a luxury of what we have, an yep. environment where people can open up and be themselves. Let's say someone's in a commercial gym. My advice to that individual would be to maybe organize a, a little bit of a coffee date yep. and or a luncheon outside of the gym. So it's in a, a, a discreet environment where the individual may be more relaxed and more inclined to open up. It could be, hey, we're going down for a, our session today will entail walking down the beach or we're mm. going to get in the park and you know what, we're just going to go for a bit of a run, jog, walk, whatever it is, or you can do that after a session, whatever it might be, and try to get something out and, and just be the listener. Yeah. You don't have to be, to be a trainer, you don't have to be the fixer. You've just got to be observant, understand that the individual may be having a few, few personal problems going on and all you want to be able to do is guide them guide them to the correct facility to get them attention the attention that they need so you don't have to go people always ask me Leon, i don't quite understand i've got this issue with this client that's cool there's there's counselors psychologists psychiatrists mm. there's places out there that's what they're employed to do mm. and 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 as you as the trainer is learning to identify that there is one an issue and two where's the best place it could be simply going to their gp and and maybe looking at getting some mental wellness plan going on mm. it could be as simple as that so so for me, what, when you get in that scenario, that don't, you don't want, as a trainer, you don't want to get all anxious or nervous or unsure what to do. This is where logic comes into it. Yeah. If someone needs help, and you're better off asking the question. Don't. And some people are afraid to ask the question, like how you're really doing, and you know, and to to find out exactly what's wrong with them. Because you know, what if the individual turns around and said, "Ah, oh, no, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me." Yeah, that's okay. You're better. You're better off asking. Yeah. Look, I've had people where I haven't actually asked them down to the nitty gritty. Unfortunately, they're not here today. Yeah. You know, and I and I, you know, you shoot yourself and you go, wow. If only, if only I, I ha actually had have asked them. Yep. You know, I mean, not saying I would have fixed it, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe. We're, we're never going to know. No. What, what, what's your advice, Paulie, that you can give ba based on obviously what what I've just said? Then, as a trainer, let's say you do have someone that you have observed that you know that there's a there's a few issues going on here. I need to take action yep. as a trainer, and I need to guide this person to some some other care. I think that's an important point you've raised too, because. Sometimes you do have to go over and beyond, particularly um, mm. when you're first meeting a client, like you know, like you've just described the, the coffee date, or, or, or maybe the, the session moves from the gym to the beach or the park or something like that to get them into a zone where they're a lot more comfortable. And these are the steps that you need to take. It's not just a simple case of a trainer, okay, go and do 15 reps over there, and you know, we'll do five sets of deadlifts over here. And it can't be that simple all the time. You know, there's going to be clients that just want to train, and that's great. Mm. But a lot of the time, you have to get inside brain inside the head yeah you know and and talk things out because a, a lot
lot of the time the head's the thing that gets in the way of, of people having success in the gym environment. They, they probably approach the gym environment for a mental health reason. Um, you know, they, they want to feel good. They want to feel better. They want to feel confident. They want to meet people, whatever the case may be. But if the head's in the way, mm. um, it's not gonna it's not gonna last long. Nah, definitely. And, and to add to all that as well, there's also, you know, sometimes some people need to get blood work done. Yeah. Sometimes some things are out of your realms, and yeah. you you don't want to play doctor. You don't want to play detective. You don't need to be. We don't have to do that in our role. You, again, it's how much psychology you do is based on your experience and how confident you are to give advice. But just remember, there are trained professionals for that, and and just simply. You know, myself, I refer a lot, a lot of individuals when they are a little bit erratic on their behaviour, mm. stress, highly strung, yep. under pressure. I usually like to get their bloods tested. Yep. And, and so at least, and, and look, that can also help when someone's not losing weight. You know, there, there can be various hormone issues and a lot of the time that could be the case. So we have these tools as trainers and I think it's so valuable that we actually use them and, and don't try to be too pig-headed yep. to feel that, you know, you can do it all. You don't have Solve to refer. Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not our job. And, and we, we do have the luxury of having, excuse me, having professionals around us mm. that actually can help us. So getting blood work done for me and, 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 and then it's up to the doctor what he decides. Yep. He has the results there. Then there might be some conclusions also why a client is acting the way they're acting. Um, you know, let's say some people might, have, might feel depressed. They might feel they're going through... They might feel they have depression yeah. undiagnosed or whether it's diagnosed or even if they're diagnosed and sometimes you find it could be their testosterone as a male or a female let's yep. say a male for example if the testosterone low you know the symptoms are tired moody grumpy irritable no libido no drive no get up and go yep. weak, l- lack of muscle mass you know what i mean so some love handles starting to creep on that weren't generally there bit of a gut that come on that what that yep. a lot quicker than it ever used to be so there's symptoms as well that, that trainers also need to look outside the square. And sometimes, you know, we can set the plan and the plan's only going to be executed as that individual's well-being at the other end. Yeah. And you know what? You've just described a large portion of the population. Mm. You know, a lot of people are in that, that scenario you've just described. But going back to a point you just raised before, um, as, a, as a new trainer, know your scope of practice too. Don't try and, and like Spot you said, on. yeah, don't try and... and be a jack of all trades and, and provide extensive nutrition and, and counselling and you know medical advice and all these sorts of things when your qualification and, and your insurance for that matter does not cover you for that. If you provide incorrect or um, inappropriate um, guidance or feedback or whatever the case may be, you could be in a lot of trouble if it go, if it backfires on you. Yeah. So that I think that's the important uh, important point to raise because we've got so many trainers out there now. We've got so many online coaches out there now. And the vast majority of them are underqualified. Um, their insurance is not appropriate to the levels that they're providing information for. So it's important to know your scope of practice. Yeah, definitely. I think also, you know, as a trainer as well, like know, know your backyard. And when I say that, what I mean is that let's say we, we live in a small town, let's say in, in comparison to a Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, yep. the Sunshine Coast, you know, usually someone knows somebody. Yes. So number one rule I tell trainers is just just remember your, most of your business will come word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So if you're a not so fantastic person and you're not treating the clients with the respect and kindness they deserve considering they're paying you, you know, above wages some people, getting yeah. paid definitely above wages, you know, the referrals aren't going to come through. You can do all the advertising, you can do all the promoting you like, but at the end of the day, probably the power of word of mouth is just huge. So you gotta be careful in this industry, what you say, who you say to, 
And sometimes you're better off just head down, ass up, stay in your lane and just do your job because at the end of the day, we're in a results-based business foremost. Big time, big time. Um, that's, that's a really good point is the vast majority of your clientele will come from referrals. And that's why a lot of the time it does take time to build your client base up because it doesn't matter how much marketing you start. You know, you might create a new Facebook page and start marketing, but you, you might only have five followers or your family's following you. You know, it takes time. Whereas um, if you do a great job, if you get one client who sticks with you week after week after week and you do the best service you can for them, they'll refer you to a friend or a family member or another friend. They'll write you a great review on, online. And all of a sudden, that turns into three clients and then that turns into nine clients. And all of a sudden, you've got a bit of an army happening because you've done the right thing by the first client. Yeah, so basically your point you're saying there is the quality. Oh. The quality is always more important than the quantity. So yes. people are always looking for more work. They're looking for more clients to actually build the business up. But at the end of the day, if they actually focus on what they have, mm. the rest will follow. And and, and just, just a, a point, important point while I remember, kind of back what we were saying before about the psychology. Mm. Now, at the end of the day, a human being or a trainer is not going to be able to identify this if they don't look after himself first. So the number one thing I tell individuals is that, you know, you cannot come into this game. You cannot expect to build a business if your mental well-being is, is not in a good position. Yeah. And I mean that in the most kindest respect to people as well. You know, I'm just looking out for people's well-being. The fact that if you are going through some sort of mental illness or strong anxiety, which you know, hold you back from trying to connect with people, yep. you're going to make it very hard to build a business and you're going to make it, it's going to be very tough for you to identify individuals' behaviours as well that also that might be coming to you with some sort of strong illness and hopefully they, you know, they're praying to God that, gee, man, I hope this person can get me over the line because no one else can. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the self-care, Paulie, that I, that I talk about mm. so often is 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 amazing it's imperative and that could be again checking your hormones again the, there's so many things in self-care it's just just valuing your time putting time into yourself and it could be a matter of you know writing your, your gratitudes every morning having time to yourself it could be playing guitar spending time with family watching the sun go down watching the sun rise watching the stars all these simple things just bring bring you back to earth mm-hmm. ground you and if you're not doing that every single day, I promise you, I put my hand on my heart and promise you, you, you are not going to be the best human being you want to be. Therefore, you cannot run the best business you can run. Because for me, when, when I know when my mindset is at its absolute peak, yep. and in, in my game, dealing with a lot of uh, suicidal people and me- mental illness, etc., it is very, very, it's a challenge to keep it up there, but I'm winning. Yep. I find I'm winning every day because I practice what I preach. And if I say I'm going to do my self-care, I do that. I come into my gym one hour, one hour poorly before I see anyone. Yep. And it's not nine, it's not like 45 minutes. It's not an hour and 10. It's one hour because that one hour allows me to come in, turn the music on, sit down on a chair, chill, pick up the guitar, have a guitar, have it, sorry, have a coffee, sit there and just relax. And it's amazing what your mind can do because let's say most most trainers and, and I'm sure people listening here if anyone listens to us <laughs> no they will understand what I'm about to say because how many trainers walk in the door that let's say they start at 5 a.m they walk in the door at 458 oh. and, and they walk in the door and all of a sudden mate people are in their face from the get-go they haven't even woken up yet yep. and and that sets your mindset in a negativity for the whole day you just haven't had time to reset evaluate where you are where you were where you're going what you were doing who you're seeing today what sessions are we doing 
and you haven't debriefed your mind from the previous day, then all of a sudden you just keep going Groundhog Day and that leads to burnout, Paulie. It, yep. le- it leads to burnout because you don't sit back and smell the roses at times too. And I'm sure you've been there too when the early days when you were building your business up, you are in that hustle, mate, yeah. you know, for three, four years. I remember us having our last conversation here during your prep and there were times there where your mindset, I could tell, just wasn't quite there. And, and funnily enough, like a few months later, you got quite ill from it. Not mm. saying they're related, but it definitely yeah. didn't help. But, but just, just point being is that, it's one you just you having a mentor, having someone that can sometimes identify and put these things out. That hey, man, you need to pull back a little bit. You need to change your aims. You need to get up half an hour earlier, yep. or you know what? You need to drop your workload. You need to work on your quality. It's not great. It's not cool to do. You have sixty sessions a week. It's it's the money might be fantastic, but unfortunately, the quality of work is not going to be high. No, it's not. And, and you know what? That's a really good point. Like you know, it, it, it might take you time to build your business up, but at the same time, once you're at your peak. You don't want to overdo it either. Mm. Um, and you're right, quality is very important. And I, I distinctly remember when I started getting busy, you know, I, you know, I was sort of pushing 35, 40, 45 clients a week. Um, I, I sat back and realised how mentally draining that was. You know, when you're dealing with 45 individuals with 45 different personalities who have different fitness levels and you're trying to remember conversations you had with them the week before because you might only see them once a week and what, what they trained and all of these things are floating around in your head um, if you're not looking after that headspace of yours, you know, it, it's going to burn you out very, very quickly. It's, it's, a, it's, it's awesome you say that because I, I'm going to add to that as well. So then what happens is you're working in the business now. Yeah. There is no way that you can get out of it. So once you're working in the business, naturally there is no progression. There's look, obviously you can get results and that again, that can be your word of mouth, but you can't step back and actually try to progress your business and, and, and work on the business. And that's a big difference working in and on it. And that's what most trainers, they can get caught. And, and I've been there, we've all been there and, and, but it's, it's good that you, and you want to get there. The whole point is getting there and then you can step back and analyze and go where I'm at. And, and when I got there, what I realized that was, okay, from doing, you know, 60 sessions a week, years and years ago, I really, probably four years ago, I realized that, okay, no, no, I need to, all I'm doing now is sun up, sun down, just doing sessions. It's, nah, this isn't fun anymore. Yep. So what I did, I almost pulled it back. It, it, probably over a six-month period, just when people dropped off, I actually didn't put anyone new on. Mm. So then I, then I held around that 40 mark. And then all of a sudden, that, that, that took away, that kind of freed up 10 hours during the week. Mm. Then all of a sudden, you're able to do little, little bits and pieces in the background. And then all of a sudden, I realized, wow, this is cool. I'm doing more stuff and the business is growing now. And the quality of work that I was giving to my clientele was high because I was more fresh. Yep. Okay, then all of a sudden I realized, okay, you know what, Leon? I'm going to pull back now to 30. So then I actually pulled back to 30. And then all of a sudden I thought to myself, gee, I've got all this time on my hands. So guess what, Paulie? I'm going to write a book. <laughs> so I decided to write a book. And then all of a sudden I go, you know what? I want to understand more psychology. So you know what? I'm going to study as well. Look, I didn't time these overly fantastic by deciding to do them on the same day. But then I decided to do my counseling diploma. And so all of a sudden now I'm writing a book and all of a sudden I'm doing the counseling if we fast forward 18 months later, now all of a sudden, you know, I only do 20 a week. Yeah. And now, now you're doing speaking gigs. Mm. And now we're here doing a podcast. And now I'm doing counseling. And now the ha- you have the book that goes around. So all of a sudden, by, by starting off and just putting yourself, doing, doing the, the hustle on the groundwork, 
and then realizing, okay, now I'll step back a little bit so I can work on the business. And then all of a sudden, things start growing another level. And then you realize, well, geez, I'm, I'm actually making maybe a little bit more money or if not the same money, but gee, my quality of life is so good. And that's I'm, it. I'm yep. not tired. I'm not burnt out. I'm, I'm not spending 60 hours a week, you know, training people, 50 hours, whatever it is. I'm only spending, you know, probably 15 to 20 tops. Yep. That, that's all. And, and, I'm, and I'm working with the most amazing team because I'm just working with the people that I want to work with, yeah. that I find that I'll gel with. Mm. And, and I think that's been a big key when you, you're able to step back a little bit and then you can actually reevaluate where you're at. What do you want to do? Yeah. Like then, you, then you sit back and go, what else do you want to do? You know, and I've got another little, two little plans in the in the pipeline at the moment that I can't disclose at the moment because it's all hush hush. Oh, but it's, but I know, I know. Seriously, it's it's this is the most exciting. I thought the book was was something. This is this this is another level, mm. and I'm pretty stoked. And it ties in with a lot of this um, mental wellness and illness stuff that I'm doing and anxiety because they, it all goes together with coaching. Yeah. It all goes together, Paulie. So it's pretty exciting. And and the reason why I can run very enthusiastic all day is because now I'm doing things on my terms. Yeah. I'm not actually just doing the hustle, but it's also been nearly, what, seven years or so doing doing this now. So I had to do the hustle like everyone else. Of course. But I, I was always, I believe I was always very good at my timing. Mm. Work out when you get to the hustle. Work out when you're at a boiling point. Step back a little bit and then start working out exactly what you want to do. When you step back, you can see, you, you, you can visualize it better. Absolutely. But when you're stuck working in the business, yeah, things are very hard for the business to go forward. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, you know, you've covered a lot of good points there. Um, if, when you do get to that point where you are very busy, you're making a good living, um, it's hard to stop and sacrifice money oh, so yeah yeah you know so, what i mean like yeah. it's, it's hard to take a step back and go oh man you know if i if i cut out an afternoon that's four or five sessions that could be 300 400 dollars whatever it works out to be I, I i you know i can't do that but that time can be spent like you've just said on other things you know and and it, it is a difficult decision to make and, and throughout any personal trainer's career they're always going to have these points where they have to sit down and evaluate their business as it stands um, you know, whether it's forced upon them or whether they plan to do it, um, you, you, you've got to evaluate the business as it sits at the moment and then think, okay, where am I going to be in six months' time? Where am I going to be in 12 months' time? You know, do I, do I want to keep projecting forward where I'm going from 45 to 50 to 55 to 60 clients and what's that going to look like in six months' time? Am I going to burn out? So it's important to consistently evaluate your business as you go. Nailed it, mate. Absolutely nailed it. And, and basically what you're saying is sometimes you've got to go backwards to go forwards. 100%. And sometimes, like, like I said earlier, that sometimes you need to step back and you need to, you know, whether it's taking an afternoon off to, you know, educate yourself more and get and, and increase your skills. It's all self-learning. And yep. why, why you think, oh, gee, I'm going to lose like, you know, 200 bucks this afternoon. Well, in the, the day, does it really matter? Like if you... If you if you're earning 150 grand a year, and all of a sudden is that 200 bucks really going to make you poor? Mm. No, but it's a mindset thing, isn't it? Because we're starting to look at the mullah, mullah. Yeah. It's a week to week, but in the business, you think about it. You you're going to be running your business now, Paulie, for the next 20 years minimum. Probably. So one afternoon off is not gonna it's not gonna <laughs> harm you. Is it funny? I'm, I'm, this is such a hypocritical thing for me to say because. I was just talking to a client before you turned up and I, and I was saying how I was working all the weekend and doing speaking gigs over the weekend. I'm just going, oh man, gee, I would love a day off just to wake up and not go anywhere. Yeah. And she says, well, why don't you do it? You can do it. And I'm like, you're so true. Of course I can do it. But I don't want to though. Yeah. I actually, I, I want a time off, but I actually love coming in here anyway. 
just because I just come here and I, and I know I'm going to be motivated. There's always something to do and there's, I just want to do stuff all day, every day. So, so, but what I should have done is take my own advice and go, maybe I should just take that day off that I do want. Mm. It'll come. It'll, yeah, yeah. it'll come a point when, I, okay, I really need it. But in saying that, I've also taken the last 12 months a lot of time off, mm. a lot of afternoons off to actually self-improve myself. And if there's, a, if there's some sort of meeting or some sort of a, a attempt to make connections with somebody, I think that may help me. I'm going to turn up to events because yep. I think that's very important because if you're going to hibernate under your shed, you know, and not be seen, well, you know what I mean? You don't, you, you ruin the opportunities of even meeting some special people and connections that may actually help your business grow. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a, again, another good point you've made. You know, you, you can, um, you can go day to day to day, but the opportunity to take some time off and, and reflect and go to the beach or go for a walk or whatever the case may be, whatever Floats your boat is is important, and the other point you just made is that you like coming in here. Yeah, and I think that's an important message to, to for, for new trainers. You've got to enjoy what you do. You know, it, it, it's personal training is incredibly difficult. It is incredibly hard. It's mm. incredibly taxing. Um, you know, you, you work split shifts. You start at five a.m. some days. I, I was starting at four thirty at the end of last year, um, and working through the seven p.m. some nights. And I know you even did later at at, at your early stages, and um, that can take its toll but you've got to love what you do you know you've yep. got to love working with people you've got to yes training people's great you know the, the basic concept of getting people to lift weight and 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 uh, lose weight and all that sort of stuff is great but you've got to love to work with people because it's a people business when you break it down and if you think about it gosh man it's the it's the ultimate job yeah it, it really is the ultimate job and it's something that a lot of people can really trainers can really take for granted after they've oh, been yeah. in it for a little while and look so managing people also is not easy and especially if your mindset's not a great position all of a sudden you're you're taking on a lot of a lot, a lot of stuff like a lot of baggage from clients yep. well it is going to affect your mental well-being that is why you need to look after yourself foremost and no matter what comes through it's not going to affect you you actually know how to help them you, yep. you might know what to say or you know, might know where to guide them but um I, I just something come to my mind Paulie and and this is the and I want your opinion on it there's there, there, look there's no right or wrong on this one but as a trainer look how do I put it in a very nice way? I had a conversation with an individual that's a trainer as well, and they're very self-conscious about their physique. Mm. Yet to to the public eye, they look amazing, but to themselves, they don't look shredded. Okay. So their mindset is thinking that I need to look shredded because I'm the coach yeah. and I'm the trainer. Now, I want your opinion on it. I'll give my opinion on it. It's... The, the answer is it's it's irrelevant. Look, you've got to hold your own and look like you're trained. Let's be realistic. You don't want to be a female that's 120 kilo when you're trying to coach people. And that's no disrespect to people 120 kilos. No. Because they can they, they can do that. But I'm just saying on a, on a rule of thumb, you know what I mean? No, no one has to be shredded. No. No one has to be super lean. It's not going to build your business anymore. If you do a bodybuilding show, does that mean that you're going to get a lot of clients? Well, yes, and not in particular. Not no. really, because you know what? You might get them on the short term, but you may be a very ordinary trainer. So, so my opinion on it, and I had to chat this individual, and, I, and, and I'm just saying, you no, know, you don't need to be super lean for a female. So drum that out of your head. Mm. As long as you're holding your own, that's all I'm saying. Holding your own, you know what I mean? And, and, and you look the part, yep. but no one has to be super lean. You don't have to have vascularity. You don't have to have, you know, your six pack shown to be a trainer by no means. You know, you just got to be educated, know what you're doing. 
and and basically, even if you were on the heavier side, who cares? You could be a powerlifter. Yeah. You know what I mean? That 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 obviously their their shape and size may be different for some powerlifters these days, and but they might be highly educated and they might have great skills. So, yeah. so there's no real specific look, on my opinion, for a trainer. Um, people often will coach better, will be more confident, will have better self-esteem when they feel good within themselves. Yes. That's a given as well. And, and that's why I say, yeah, look, it's important to hold your own. I'm not saying anyone has to be super lean. No. You've got to feel comfortable within yourself to be able to coach others. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good question. And, and you can argue many different ways on that one. Um, look, I think, you know, first impressions do count. We know that. Um, and we, we also know that we live in a very fickle industry where judgment is made. Yes, so um, if you're um, you know a heavier trainer you might be the smartest person in the room you might have degrees all over the place um, but people might not be comfortable approaching you because of the way you look and that's just me being honest and, and that's it sorry to butt you in Paulie yeah. but yeah it's just it's a we just make this point speculated that it's 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 a tough subject to even talk about it yeah. but but to give advice for someone if if they were trying to build a successful business and they might have been in, in on, on the bigger side, mm. it, it just may be harder for them to build the business and get clientele and keep clientele because not too many people may want to actually come to them. And, and again, we say this in a very nice way. Oh, of course. But the whole, the whole topic here is to go, you know what, if we're trying to build a business, if mm. you're 50 kilos overweight, it, your business just may find it a little bit harder than someone that's – you know, in shape, so to speak. Yeah, it, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. And look, the powerlifting side or strongman or whatever, you know, that, that's a, uh, an exception to the rule. But, you know, the general population wouldn't understand that concept anyway, so they might not know that that person is, is training that way. Mm. Um, and I guess people are going to make the assumption too that if you are a personal trainer, you need to walk the talk. You need to know what you're doing. You need to yep. understand nutrition. You need to be looking the part. And, and, and look... As, as hard as it is to say or as, as raw as it might be to say, it's, it's kind of true. You, you kind of do need to look the part to a degree. Would, would you um, get a guy to build your house if he was a gardener? That's a very good point. You know, landscaper building a house. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like what we're saying in a way type thing, so. Yeah, that, and that's right. Look, you know, you, you do need to you – don't, no, you don't need to be shredded. You don't need to have a six-pack. You know, you just need to look the part. No. And, and, and that's a very broad term. That's exactly it. And, and, and I'll say, I think we're saying that – you know, look the part, hold your own. There's no, there's no specific weight. There's no criteria to be a trainer. No. All we're saying is, you know what? You're in an industry that you're getting people fit. Yep. So you've got to somewhat look, you know, look within, within whatever your average goal weight is. You know, what I mean, look, just be like ten kilos either side of it. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying over the that's that's a big window as well. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? So, hey, look, just 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 one important. Well, one point to finish on now, let's say, Paulie, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm, again, I'm a trainer. I've been in the game now for three months, and it's just not happening, mate. Mm. It's just, I don't know what to do, Paulie. My business just isn't growing. What do I do? What's, what's the best advice you can give to someone that's got done it for three months now, and they're just not getting the, they're not getting the clientele, they're, they haven't got the money, they can't pay the bills? What do you do? Well, three months isn't a long time uh, in this industry for starters, but that's not the point. Um, look, you know, depending on where you're working, if you're working in a big box gym, talk to the people at reception. Perhaps you can get a list of new members that you can potentially approach and offer a free session to. You know, that gives you the opportunity to build a rapport with someone new. It gives them the opportunity to train with you for free. You know, people 
love free stuff. They really do. And I did that for a long time. I offered, um, actually offered two free sessions for new, new members of the gym that I was at. Um, and it worked wonders because not only did I have one session to try and build a rapport, but they generally booked the second one as well on the spot after they finished the first one. Um, so things like that, you know, build up a database. Every time you, you yep. work with someone, keep their name and number. Keep it handy. Um, you know, keep approaching people on the floor. Clean the equipment. Um, if someone's training, maybe you can spot them. Maybe you can assist them with technique. Um, I even did group fitness classes. I didn't like it, but I did it because it put my name out there, put my face out there, and people knew who I was. Um, what you said earlier in the podcast about hanging out at reception and just greeting people at the door. Um, you know, people like someone who is welcoming and happy and enthusiastic and, and approachable. Yeah, all great points. And so basically you're saying, Paul, it's just being proactive. And, and, and in, in business, business just doesn't come and knock after three months. No, it's not going to happen. A lot of people think that oh, I'm in business now. I look this, oh, I'm, I'm the trainer. So why isn't my phone ringing? Yeah, don't, don't rely <laughs> on social media to, to be your be all and end all in terms of marketing. You know, it, it, it's one tool. You've got to think outside the square. Like I was even walking mailboxes, dropping off leaflets yeah. around, around the gym that I was in. You know, you've got to... You've got to think outside the square in terms of different methods you can use that are going to work. I think you'll be the, the, the prime example of the ultimate grinder in a business because you did the work. Like you you did everything, the hustle yeah. to build the business. Now, like you're, you're trying to, you know, you, you're just so flat stick, it's not funny. Well, I've got to and knock people back, that, unfortunately. That, I mean, that's it's, a, it's a good position to be in, but at the same time, you don't like turning people away. That, exactly, yeah. and, and credit to you to get into that position. Yeah. I think if we add to that, I think you covered some great points. I think I'll, I would look at also is, you know, hire a mentor. Yeah. Sometimes you need to, you know, invest your money. And, and if not, well, if you haven't got the money to invest, may, maybe speak to other trainers that are in the same position as you, yeah. that were in the same position as you and, and get their feedback. What were they doing? And, and, and take their advice on board. But I've always, I've always, my early days, hired mentors I did some work under, obviously, Lay Norton, mm. John Gorman, some amazing coaches in America. I was lucky to hire them back in the early days and just learn and just get educated and yep. just learn stuff from them. You know, Harry Sanders, another guy, very, very technical guy, mm. you know, Glenn Battelle. So the good coaches there that I was actual to learn some good knowledge back in my early days. And it's just priceless. And that gave me, in my early days, also just an edge over a few other people because I got some data from America that kind of wasn't really yeah. thrown around here. So that sort of helped me along the way. You did a seminar too, didn't you, early on? I think that's a, a really smart thing to do for someone who... Day, I think week two or three or something, yeah, we was like 100 people, me and Joey yeah. from Easy Fit. And, um, and no, great, great gym, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, they've redone it, looks great. And yeah, we did a seminar there and, yeah. you know, but I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. But all of a sudden there was 100 people there and... And I think two people from that are still with me today, and, and one of them is your mother-in-law, yeah, Sandy. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's, that's a great point. Like, if, if you're entering the world of personal training, but you've got an extensive football background, or maybe you've been a surf lifesaver, or maybe you've been a marathon runner, do a seminar on that subject, because you, obviously you're an expert in it. You've got it for a long time. So if you're bringing a sport or a discipline into the world of personal training... Set up a seminar. Maybe people want to hear about it. You know, if you get 20 people, you might get two clients out of it. Yeah, face your fears in business and learn to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're going to sit in a little comfort zone. One, simply, you're not going to progress and move forward. And I think, again, everything you mentioned there, I'm sure it was very uncomfortable having to do all these things you were doing, hanging around, doing conversations to people you don't even know, doing letterbox drops and stuff like that. It's not stuff that people want to do, but you know what? It works. Yeah, it, it works. And I think, I think to wrap it up, I think also if things aren't working – Sometimes you need to sit back and evaluate yourself. Yes. Are you one? Are you putting the effort in? Yep. 
most of the time you'll probably find the answer will be no. You'll think you think you're working hard, you know what I mean? But in business, you don't people don't see the you know, you might you might work get paid for thirty hours a week of doing, but you might do seventy. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes, a lot of the hustle and the grind and and the chit chats and stuff that that go unseen, but that's welcome to business. And that oh. that individual that's business may not be working. They're probably not putting the work in behind the scenes. They can also evaluate themselves and go, maybe do I need to get myself in better shape? Am I not in shape? Am I not attracting people? Yeah. Am I not talking enough? Am I not a, a not approachable? Do I look like a grub? You know what I mean? Yeah, and and yeah. these and these are simple little things. And I don't want to come across you know cruel or pointing at people. The fact is that sometimes these are. Things that need need to change, yeah. and you you got to sometimes you got to be a hard critic on yourself, and and if you if you're around a mentor, I've always been pretty straight down the line to you guys and mm. and said things how it is, but it is, there's also a reason why a lot of you guys do absolutely amazing as well. You just you all actually were all ears. None, none none of the people that I've worked with were sort of to the point of going well. What would he know? You know what I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take his advice and. Mate, I'm working under Lane and all these guys I mentioned. Mate, I was just a sponge. Oh, mate, if, that, if he said oh, I look like shit, well, you know what? I probably look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I was never, I was never too proud to, you know, not not listen to someone that's that's walked the talk and actually been there and done it. Very good. And just and like I say, just asking for help. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And again, just just ask people, man, and 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 don't be afraid to learn to be uncomfortable. It might be simple as just getting a haircut, you know, clean shaven, or you know nicer clothes or whatever the case may be, just a simpler approach might be all it takes so that you are, again, more approachable to that, people that, business. That's right. And, you know, and you know, we don't, no one wants to discriminate. But at the end of the day, we, we live, we, we, it's 2020. Yeah. And guess what? We're, we're going to be judged. Yeah. And the fact of reality is that that's just how it is. And yeah. I can't change that. I didn't make the rules up. I didn't no. design how the world's turned. A lot of social media and envy has, has gone down that road. Yes. But at the end of the day, sometimes, you know, you can sit back and go, people can go, oh, I don't want to change. Oh, I don't want to do this. And I don't want to cut my hair. Well, at the end of the day, that's okay. Well, don't grow your business then. Look at my hairstyle. I, I got advised that, Leon, cut your ponytail off. <laughs> okay, I'll cut it. You know what I mean? So that was the point where I thought about it for a day. It's like, no, why do I have to cut my ponytail off to, to go into the corporate world? And I'm like... It looks pretty ordinary, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll cut it off. I have no issues cutting it off. But sometimes you, you just need to maybe change your appearance a little bit just to suit yeah. your clientele. That's right. All good. Cool. How's that? Pretty fun, eh? That's good. There's a lot of info there. There is. It looks, yeah, it's gone for a little while. Any, any, any take, take home message? I think we covered... I think we covered pretty much everything. Hey, I don't, I don't know if we missed anything out, mate. Yeah, not too I, sure. I, I, think, I think just the basics, you know, be patient. Be consistent, hustle, continually hustle, have a plan. Know three steps ahead what you're going to do rather than try and just do it on the spot. You know, don't make stuff on the spot. Um, I always had weekly disciplines that I made, made sure that I did, like contact five leads and, and market this and, and, you know, approach these people. and Whatever it may be, I did it week, 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 week. You know, you've, got to, you've just got to continue to hustle. And, and it will work. For those that stay in the grind, it'll happen. Fear nothing, huh, Paulie? That's it. Thanks for having us, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Paulie. No Appreciate your time, buddy. Cheers, mate. Bye.